Welcome, everybody, to our very first podcast episode. I am Khan. And I'm Kaler. We hope you'll be joining us on our monthly journey into absurdity. Kaler, can we promise our podcast listeners that listening will make them smarter? Oh, I hope so. Could it be possible that listening to our podcast could make them dumber? I hope so. <laughs> so, Khan and I met this past Saturday at the Smith Haven Mall, and we chatted it up outside the front entrance, waiting for the mall to open. So, Mr. Keller, the first question is, does your wife know what you're up to this morning? Um, I'm going to say no. Ah. No. Um, an emphatic no. <laughs> and if she knew, um, I would be the subject to... Uh, to harassing for the rest of the day. Yeah, so my wife found out about it. She's in the city right now, and uh, she takes these things in stride because I do have a case history of... Doing things that are a little absurd? I was going to say <laughs> that are, you know, a little outside of the comfort zone, a little uh, a little different, but, you know, absurd's not a bad, bad adjective either, is it? <laughs> yeah, my wife doesn't know anything about it. She only knew. So as we entered the mall... That's embarrassing. Pushing on the wrong side of the door... We found ourselves wondering, what, what the heck are we doing here on a Saturday morning, a perfectly good Saturday morning, looking for Christmas gifts? And I asked myself the same question. What are we doing here on Saturday morning? What am I here for? Well, look at us, Con, Kaler, two guys that you may not think of as hanging out on a Saturday, no less hanging out shopping, but here we are. And so the question is, what are the historical roots that get us to this point where you and I are roaming around the mall trying to find the perfect Christmas gift? So it turns out people have been celebrating around the end of December since long before Christianity. These celebrations coincide with the coming of the winter solstice, which among other things, is the day in which we have the least number of hours of daylight. After the winter solstice, the days start getting longer again. People in Europe would slaughter their cattle. They would also drink quite a bit. Scandinavians celebrated Yule. So in what would today be Germany, those Germanic peoples honored a pagan god, Odin. All right, so Kaler, when do Christmas celebrations start to take shape? Well, it starts with Pope Julius I. We're talking 4th century, so the 300s. And he's the guy who winds up denoting that December 25th is going to be the day. It goes then into stretches into the Middle Ages, and Christmas in the Middle Ages is marked by, of course, going to church, followed by quite a bit of, well, let's say, celebrating. Now, we're in, we're in the United States, so we'd like to see how it hops over to us, Initially, in the colonies, it didn't look so good for Christmas, did it? No, it did not. No, the Puritans actually outlawed Christmas because they couldn't find any mention of a date for the birth of Jesus in the Bible. Okay, so now we get to the 19th century and Christmas really begins to take shape as we would know it. It starts off in 1819 when Washington Irving writes this book. He presents it to people, Kaler, as if it was actual fact, like a historical accounting of Christmas traditions. The theme that Irving was going for was peace and goodwill to all men. The same theme of, of peace and goodwill towards all people, that's picked up in 1843 with Charles Dickens when he writes his famous Christmas Carol. Americans really begin to embrace, embrace this idea that Christmas is the perfect time for family. And of course then, 
as we progress through the latter part of that century, immigrants begin to come into the country, German, English, later waves of immigrants. They wind up bringing their customs from Europe predominantly with them and they get blended into ours. By 1870, Christmas is declared a federal holiday. So government gets involved. <laughs> is that an overreach? It depends. By today's standards, perhaps. And so now Kayla and I strike off to find the perfect Christmas gift. Okay, jewelers, it is that time of the year huh? for proposals. Uh, Starbucks, of course. I would have to get gift cards for my daughters. Buy into that whole corporate spiel. Oh, we're coming upon the infamous Apple Store. Oh, look at that. The Apple logo is just a beacon there. Pulling you towards it, waiting for the smash and grabs to occur. Oh boy. Well, Mr. Keller, there's a store that could cause all kinds of trouble for us. <laughs> we'll leave that out of the podcast. Uh, yeah. Hollister? Yes? No? I'm gonna say no. No. Johnson and Murphy? I'm not really familiar. Um, it's a men's store. Oh boy, that doesn't reflect well on me that I didn't know that, does it? Wait a second, I think we were down this way already. I don't know if we were. Wow, look at these Lego sets. Oh, and of course you're drawn to the Atat. Of course I'm drawn to the Star Wars Atat. That thing is giant. If you were a little kid, tell me you wouldn't be bugging your parents for that. I think they came out a little bit after me. I was more of a G.I. Joe guy. Legos were around in the 70s. Maybe not here in America. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were still stuck in Denmark. You know, we're going to have to hire some fat checkers. <laughs> Are they going to Pinocchio our show? Four Pinocchios for Taylor and Khan. Yankee Candle, I would have said I would have to stop there as well. My oh, daughter's over. Okay. Right. Yeah, there's something about They do smell awfully good. It's the petroleum. Yeah. <laughs> Sneakerhead, Mr. Kelly? I'm going to say no. So we're, we're approaching the GameStop. The state of gaming. Thoughts? Video games do, in general? Do you really want to hear my opinion on that? Well, I mean, I'd like us not to get fired. I, Ah, Bath and Body Works. Bath and Body, body works. works. That is another episode right there. Taylor and Khan have a spa day. Yeah, I'm not a spa type of a guy. I mean, that's that's <laughs> why that episode would probably be one of our best ever. You want to pop into the LOB? Why not? Ah, did Yeti talk about a rocket? What is going on with this? A lock. Ah, lock and gasket. Load and lock gasket. What the heck is this? So, ah, it looks looking, like a can. Yeah, we're looking at it. It looks like a can in a cozy. But it's actually got a screw top lid. A colster can insulator. Thinking, you know, my collection of plaids. There you go. Plaid flannels. Orange? Mm, I don't see you in an orange. No? I see you in a yellow, Mr. Connor. Oh, and if I'm here at the plush. Lush. Lush? <laughs> Swarovski. Swarovski. As I'm standing here looking here, I'm also getting a nice whiff of. Cinnamon? Cinnamon. And when you think of cinnamon in malls? Cinnabon. Cinnabon. Well, that takes care of gifts. But what about the gift giver himself? Well, Santa comes from St. Nicholas. And St. Nicholas was supposed to have been a Christian monk who was born somewhere in what today would be considered Turkey in the third century AD. And he was a monk, uh, a person who gave up all his wealth, everything that he had, and he gave it to those people who needed it. 
He traveled around the countryside helping the poor and the sick. Yeah, and he's where we get the uh, tradition of stockings. The legend has it that he was giving money, gold, to a, a poor family and he didn't want anybody to know who was doing it so he dropped the gold down the chimney. So he climbed onto these people's roofs. Yeah, and he throws the money down the chimney and the, the three daughters of the family had, had hung their stockings by the fire to dry and the, and the money fell into the socks. So where does Santa Claus go from there in the United States? In the late 1700s in upstate New York in the Catskills, according to the Dutch families who gathered there every year, they had a celebration in honor of the anniversary of Sint Nicholas or Sinterklaas. And of course from there we get Santa Claus. Yeah, and there were other competing versions of this vision of Santa. Uh, Germany and Switzerland had the Christkind, or Chris Kringle, and uh, Scandinavia had a jolly elf named Jutumten on a sleigh drawn by goats. And of course, in Mother England, there's Father Christmas. In France, we have Père Noël. And in Italy, we have La Befana, a witch flying on a broom down chimneys to give presents to those kids in the house. So you have these competing traditions, and the thing that gives the Santa that we know and love today uh, his first push is the Episcopalian minister, Clement Clark Moore, who in 1822 wrote the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas. And that's where we get the first crystallization of the jolly old elf and his magic sleigh pulled by reindeer. And then, of course, that idea by Clark Moore is taken up by the famous political cartoonist of the late 1800s, Thomas Nast. And it's Thomas Nast that gives it for the first time an image that pretty much is the image of Santa Claus is today. A little on the large side, a rather happy guy with a big white beard, a sack full of toys, and of course, a red suit with white trim. He's also portrayed in that NAS cartoon with a North Pole workshop, elves, and of course, Mrs. Claus. There you go. Yeah. So, so now we have our vision of Santa formed, and now the commercialization of Santa begins in the 19th century. In 1820, stores begin advertising Christmas shopping. The first Christmas flyers are, are starting to come out in the 1840s in ad sections, and they, they have images of the newly popularized Santa. In 1841, in the city of Philadelphia, thousands of children turn out to see a model, a life-size model of Santa Claus. And it, it didn't take long for uh, store owners to say, well, geez, if all these kids came out to see a, a, a model of Santa, what happens if I find a guy, stuff him in the suit, and boom, there we go. Instant picture time. So now we have our mall Santa. So here we are, we are taking a look at St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, Sinterklaas. Um, what else would a trip to the Smith Haven Mall be without taking a look at Santa? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't let us, but... Nor would I want to. For our, for our podcast listeners, we're looking at Santa's castle. Mr. Kelly, you want to describe the scene here? Sure. Uh, it's a Saturday morning at the Smith Haven Mall. And of course, what would a trip to the Smith Haven Mall be without seeing Santa in action? 
there's a line of young children who are waiting to get their picture taken with Santa Claus and a few older people as well. And the big question is, should Mr. Khan and I wait online? Um, I'm sensing we might be thrown out of the facility if we do that. Your senses are good. Your senses are good. But you know, you never know until you actually collect the data. <laughs> I'm enjoying the fake snow, which, you know. The presents, the Legos, bringing back, bringing me back to my childhood. Let's, uh, let's go check out Santa, the big man himself. Now, are we going to see any crying kids? Pretty sure it's not the holidays without that. <laughs> now, look at this. Do you think it's accidental that there's all this screen to prevent you from getting a good shot of Santa from here? I feel like they're trying to... Ah, uh, quite... That's the astute observation there, Mr. Khan. So we're sitting Camouflage. Yeah. Camouflage. There's essentially a wall of poinsettias obscuring our view of Santa. So if you want to be like a, as they say in economics, a free rider, <laughs> and just have your kids stand so that Santa's behind them and snap the picture, it's not going to happen. Uh, trying to get the young child to smile. Oh my goodness. This photographer, like we're seeing him at 10 in the morning trying to get little crying, scared kids to smile. His day is just going to be torture. No? And that child looks to be traumatized. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But yeah, I noticed those poinsettias. Just absolutely, absolutely strategically located. That, that parent is not going to get an additional photograph. No, no. Or maybe it's to keep weirdos like us from staring at people. Okay, and we move on. <laughs> With that in our minds, uh, let's move on. Comes. Yeah. Fortunately, we were able to move on from Santa's castle without any embarrassing entanglements with mall security or any other type of authority figure. And uh, we stumbled upon a store that was just packed to the brim, Kaler, with, with Christmas cheer. And, and we found the ornament section. My favorite. If somebody was picking an ornament for me, you know, they might get the bike helmet, the mountain bike, the snowboard goggles, maybe skates. Which ornaments would, you know, somebody buying for you um, be like you know that's that's I immediately Chris. catches my attention yeah, the yeah. american flag the american passport because of my love of travel oh there's your hockey stick and hockey oh, puck yeah, there down we go. there a john deere tractor john deere. very attractive school bus Fast. i'll leave that out. <laughs> i'm guessing not the empire state building because no, of the uh, sudoku no it's too mentally taxing pink bunny slippers on a good day okay Sunscreen. Ah. my love of warmth places simon the classic childhood <laughs> memory game. Do we get the hand sanitizer? Just a roll of TP ornament. Stogie, the plunger. Right next to the, the toilet. And for those new Bitcoin. entrepreneurs, the Bitcoin. Yeah. So at this point, Killer, we had seen everything there was to see in the mall. We've spent a very productive hour of our Saturdays here. The mall might not agree, seeing as we bought zero items. But you know what? The holidays is not about buying, Mr. Khan. It's about friendship, spreading good cheer. It's all that good stuff. Cinnamon, hot chocolate. So with that, we want to thank you for giving our first episode a listen. We'll be back in a month with more enlightenment, shenanigans, buffoonery. In the in-between time, Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. And Happy Holidays to all our listeners. And Mr. Khan. Yes, Kaler. Live long. And prosper. <laughs>